This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Tonight, Freddie and Fitz then, and uh, we will check in on the Yankees. We will check in on the Mets. We'll get some NBA playoff stuff with the uh, latest implosion of the 76ers yesterday, the whole John Morant stuff. But as I let off there within the open, I got to be honest, and, and by listening to the station today, my mind is still stuck on the Knicks. My mind is still stuck on uh, Game 6 from Friday night. My mind is still stuck on that series with Miami and the fact that tonight we should have had a Game 7. Greatest two words in sports, and uh, we got robbed. And the reason we got robbed is because nobody outside of Jalen Brunson on the Knicks showed up for Game 6. Friday night was a major disappointment because that game was right there. You know, if you had gotten past game five at home and forced the game six, and then you went down after seeing Brunson do what he did in game five, playing every single second, and the Knicks simply ran out of gas, or if Brunson simply ran out of gas, you'd say, all right, look, way it goes, right? I mean, you you needed to have game five. You needed him to play every single second to be able to get that win. So if, if it turns out in game six, he runs out of gas, the Knicks run out of gas, way it goes end of season, and uh, you'll you'll focus on all the the positives of the season and look forward to the offseason. But that was not the case because Brunson, coming off playing every every single second in Game 5, in some ways was even better in Game 6. The problem was he did not get any support from any of his teammates, and uh, uh, the next season comes to an end. And after having to sit with that all weekend, after having to hear about it all weekend, Nick fans can tell you, and I think that the, it's fair that they are excited about the future and that at some point you can look to the future and feel good about where they are at and, and the fact that the season was an unmitigated success across the board. But at the end of the day, Nick fans also... We'll tell you that in one breath, but in the next breath, we'll tell you, but we got to get rid of Randall. We got to fire Tibbs. We got to get rid of this guy, get rid of that guy. We got to bring in this guy. We got to bring in that guy. But it's hard to feel too good about where the Knicks were at on Friday night when the season goes down the way it was. But look, at some point this weekend, I did kind of turn the page a little bit because the season was a success and it doesn't really matter how the season ended. You know, the fact that they lost what was a winnable series. No matter the the limitations of the roster, no matter the limitations of the coach, I have entered that stage. Now, look, it might take time. There might be some Nick fans that certainly want to hear from them. 1-800-919-ESPN that are still stuck on Game 6, that are still stuck on Julius Randle, that are still stuck on the fact that the Knicks lost what was a winnable series. I mean, it's kind of hard to make the argument it was not a winnable series where if anyone outside of Jalen Brunson had showed up on Friday night, they would be playing, they would have played a game seven tonight. But for some people, that takes a little bit more time. For me, I'm already moved on. I'm already moved on to the future and everything else. And the fact that the Knicks right now are in a better spot than they have been in in a very long time. And I think one of the reasons why it's easier to turn the page even after a frustrating performance like Game 6 and the questions that you have this offseason is the Knicks are on their way up. You know, there's plenty of teams in this town that are expected to win now. The Yankees are expected to win every October and don't. The Mets are expected to win in October. Last October, this October. That remains to be seen. The Knicks, 
They are not, they are not a finished product. So that's part of the deal when, when your team is on the way up, experiencing the painful stops along the way like Game 6 was. But at some point, for all fans, it will shift from the pain of the loss to the promise of the offseason and the appreciation of the season. And that should not be lost. And on Saturday, I was not at that stage after watching some stuff yesterday and, and, and just kind of going through and thinking about and listening to Nick fans. At some point, you do have to move on and realize, yes, successful season. But when you shift into offseason mode, there are some, some reasons to feel good if you want to feel good. Because the Knicks do have some pieces for the first time in a long time. They certainly have a star for the first time in a long time in Jalen Brunson. They have a young roster, as everyone was telling you on Friday night, youngest roster of the team still playing until Friday night. They got a ton of draft picks. They have some assets. But now comes the tricky part, navigating how to use those assets. Because this offseason is a very interesting one. Is this the offseason where that superstar becomes available? Is it an offseason where the Knicks feel comfortable going all in? Is this the offseason where, um, because you could definitely make the case with the way this past season went, that has bought this regime some time where they don't need to feel the pressure to press the issue. If this year had gone like last year, this offseason would be panic time. There's no question about it. It would be time enough of somewhere down the road we're going to make this big trade. You better go out and make that big trade. If they had had a season this year like they had last year, they would not have simply been able to just stick to the plan and hope to get better on the margins. They would have had to press the issue. So they don't have to do that. And and whether or not they do this offseason, I think it kind of depends on the situation, whether or not that that superstar, quote-unquote, becomes available. But there's plenty of reasons to feel good going into next season, year two of Jalen Brunson, having Josh Hart, you would assume for a full season, you would expect that they're going to re-sign him, the improvement of the young players on the roster. And, and really, for the Knicks, for any team that does not achieve the ultimate goal of a championship, you always have to be scouting yourself. More important than scouting other teams or scouting other players, you have to scout yourself. But while there's plenty of positives and plenty of reasons to feel good, I don't think that it, what is abundantly clear to me, and I wonder how Nick fans feel about this at 1-800-919-ESPN. What came to me this weekend is this offseason is going to be the hardest offseason for Leon Rose's tenure with the Knicks. And I don't even really think it's debatable. This is the hardest offseason running the Knicks because there's different ways that you can go. And when you run down the other years, right, year one, They come in, really the biggest acquisition was the coach. Year two, after making the playoffs that first year and losing to Atlanta, it was clear, okay, we got to go find some talent to surround Julius Randle with. They went out and got Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier. That was a disaster. And then this past offseason, they signed Jalen Brunson, who was sensational, was an absolute bargain even for what they paid him. But let's be honest, if Leon Rose who's basically related to Jalen Brown. If he wasn't able with his connections to get his name on the dotted line, you would really kind of have to question whether or not Leon Rose was up for the... He's his godfather. And he, I think he was his first agent or his son's his agent. I mean, they're, they're pretty well connected. Out of all the free agents to sign, that would have had to have been 
the easiest free agent for Leon Rose to sign. So if he couldn't have gotten that deal done, I think you could make the argument he should have been fired on the spot. Now, he got the deal done, and I like what they did last offseason and hope that that's a, a building block for this one. But th- this is going to be tougher because this offseason, by the fact, each step up the ladder of progress makes it tougher. And the Knicks took a giant leap forward this year, but that does not guarantee anything for, ne- for next year. The only thing it guarantees for next year is that the expectations are going to be elevated. There's nothing about this year and this season's success of winning a playoff round and getting to the second round and winning 47 games and being the fifth seed that allows anyone anywhere in New York, if the Knicks stink next year and go back to what they were last year where they didn't even sniff the play-in, nobody's going to give Leon Rose a pass. Nobody's going to give the Knicks a pass. Nobody's going to give the players a pass. Nobody's going to give the coach a pass. So the only thing that is guaranteed for next year is they're going to be elevated expectations. And the question for Leon Rose is, what is the path forward this offseason? Is it just improving on the margins? Is it trying to swing for the big deal? Or is it kind of hoping to stand pat for the most part and wait for that big trade trade to, um, to, to present itself? Now, there was the, uh, it was the possibility of making one last offseason with Donovan Mitchell, decided not to pull the trigger. Does that put more pressure on the Knicks to do it this offseason because they saw, okay, we got to the second round of the playoffs, one more big trade, and you would think that that would elevate us to Eastern Conference Finals, maybe NBA Finals. If we're able to go game six with the Heat without this big trade, and with Julius Randle doing what he did and R.J. Barrett doing or not doing what they did, um, you, you have to wonder whether or not they're going to go all in depending on what that trade is. What's clear at this point, though, and I think Nick fans kind of agree with this, if you're of the brigade of the Knicks have to get rid of Julius Randle, if you are of the belief that Randle can stick around and be part of the process moving forward, whatever Leon Rose decides to do this offseason – it has to come from the prism of Julius Randle cannot be trusted in the playoffs. He cannot be, you cannot be relying on Julius Randle come playoff time to say, hey, he's the second guy on this team. He's a guy that we're going to count on for this. Because we have seen now through two examples. Two years ago, he got a little bit of a pass because it was him against the world. Nobody there, there was nobody on the team to step up alongside him. This time around, he was that second guy. Two years ago, we said, well, Randall can't be the number one guy on a, on a real playoff contender. Okay, fine. But he could be the second guy. He could be the third guy. Well, we saw that that was not the case. Certainly not this year being the second guy. You look at how he performs during the regular season and how he performs. It's night and day. I mean, he goes from an all-star type player in the regular season, third-team All-NBA, to one of the most inefficient, unreliable guys come postseason time. So fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. It can't be that you get fooled a third time. And at this point, it's clear Julius Randle cannot be trusted in the playoffs. Now, I'm not saying that you have to sell him for pennies on the dollar or trade him away for pennies on the dollar. Maybe he does stick around. But if he does stick around... He cannot be one of those guys that you say, okay, it's Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle's team. You have to go find somebody 
who can step up and provide you something more than Julius Randle, and that's not going to be easy to do. Because, again, during the regular season, he is that guy. The Knicks do not get to be the fifth seed without his contributions kind of carrying the team during the regular season. But when it gets to the postseason, you can't have a third year of Julius Randle letting you down in big spots like he did this year and like he did two years ago and be surprised by that. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. So we'll run down the Knicks. We'll run down uh, the, the improvements you want to see uh, coming up this offseason. And one name that has been mentioned quite a bit that seems like a possibility for the Knicks and why I don't think that that's a possibility it really in, 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 in reality. So we'll get into that coming up. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. It is ESPN New York tonight, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Game six loss in Miami. All those fraud fans down there in their white T-shirts. Oh, they would have been sick. Sick to their stomachs. Forcing a game seven back at the guard. Oh, it makes you ill. Makes you ill. But what can you do? The next season is over, and uh, we have to move. At some point, we have to move on. At some point, we have to move on. It would be nice, though. When is the, uh, what is the draft lottery? Is that this week? I think it's this week, right? It's tomorrow night, right? Oh, sports gods. If, there, if I have any soul that I have left in my body, that I have not already bargained away for previous things that did not happen, please let the Mavericks have to hand that pick over to the Knicks. Please. Oh, God. That would be one of the sports highlights of the year. Please, please, sports gods, let it, let it happen, please. Uh, but all right, so we're talking about the Knicks in the offseason. And, the, you know, you know how this is going to go. When, when the Knicks offseason begins, it's going to be who can we trade Julius Randle for? Who's the superstar that we can go out and get? And one name that has been mentioned, I think Stephen A is the first one who kind of brought it up, was Carl Anthony Towns. Carl, trade Julius Randle for Carl Anthony Towns. And it feels like... I don't know how long is this like seventh or eighth year for Carl Anthony. It feels like 15 years. We've heard about Carl Anthony towns going to the Knicks. I'm sure he has not played 15 years, but it feels like it's been 15 years of that kind of those rumors floating here and there and everywhere. Um, that's not the type of deal I see the Knicks making this off season. And I think that if you are a Nick fan that needs Randall off the team or needs Tibbs to be fired, you better go find yourself a hobby because I think there's a better, I'll tell you right now, there's a 100% t- chance that Tibbs is back, and there's probably like a 95% chance that Randall is back. But just in, in the hypothetical of that kind of trade, a Randall for, for Carl Anthony Towns, that, that's a big move for a little improvement. I, I, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is not that much better of a player than Julius Randall. Now, I'd like to think that Carl Anthony Towns would be a more reliable player come playoff time. But it's not like he's got a long list of accomplishments in the playoffs himself. So I don't think that that's the kind of move that the Knicks will end up making. I think that this year has bought them some time and has bought them some patience to be able to hold out for the right kind of deal so that when they do swing big, it's not for a little improvement. It's for that big-time star. But, of course, that star has to become uh, become available. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Let's start things off with the Jan is in Yonkers. Jan, first up on ESPN New York tonight. Hi. 
Hi, I love your show. I listen to you all the time. Thank you. We love you, too. (laughs) Um, That series was winnable. I'm very depressed about game, Game 6. But I have a point to make. I'm not mentioning any names, but a daytime sports reporter had mentioned that Julius was a virus. Now, if I'm not mistaken, yes, and he should be traded because he's a virus to the team. Okay. I don't agree with that. Um, not going to mention the name, but okay. Uh, well, you got to, you got to. Is is this somebody on our sh- the station? No, is it somebody? no, 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 no. It's somebody no, else, somewhere else. Right. No, 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 no. Right. Definitely, one hundred percent not. Okay. But if I recall, the injury that Julius sustained, I believe it was a Miami Heat game regular season when Adebayo stepped on his ankle. If mm-hmm, I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. I'm not saying that using that as an excuse, but it might have affected him more than we know. We can't measure a player's pain. We don't know what he's going through. And if you notice, he's not going to make excuses, you know, like my ankle's hurting or anything like that, you know, at post-press conferences. Julius, that is. Also, we didn't have um, quickly down the stretch. And I'm telling you, I felt that we had a chance to grab that game by the throat, game six, when there was 14-something seconds left and Jalen had the ball in his hands. I think Lowry or another player got in between him and Randall because I'll tell you, I could sense that if we got a three-pointer up or somehow got that ball in the basket and drew the foul, we might have won that game and had a game seven. And thank you for taking my call. All right, Jen. Yeah, well, look, I mean, they definitely had opportunities. If anybody had kind of stepped up along the way, it was not just Randall. RJ, as bad as, as, as Randall was, uh, R.J. Barrett was worse. Um, you, you did not get a lot of production out of the bench again, which was, uh, you know, one of the selling points. The fact you didn't have quickly. The fact that quickly wasn't really good in the postseason this year kind of softens the blow there some. Um, so they, they definitely had opportunities. Jalen Brunson was an absolute superstar. He's been the star that we've been looking for forever. The only question now is, superstars do it year in and year out. All he has to do is do the same thing next year. Just be just as good next year, and then he will uh, certainly be a superstar, and he played like one for this season, but I can understand why it's frustrating because that game was right there. It, it kind of... Uh, would have been able if you had been able to win that game and force a game seven, it would have taken away some of the stings of games three and four where it felt like the effort was not there. The, the one thing with Randall and the ankle, it, it was like he was getting worse as the playoffs went on. Now, maybe the, the injury was getting worse, but we've seen this two years ago. And it's not just the performance, it's also the body language. It's, you know, throwing the pass away and, and throwing up his hands and. And some of the effort on defense, we've seen it time in and time out. So it, I can't just blame it on the ankle, which I'm sure was still bothering him to a certain degree. But he has to be better than that. And at this point, if you're the Knicks as an organization, you can't be relying on him. And no matter what he does during the regular season, because I'm sure next year he'll probably have another good regular season. But there's also the possibility he doesn't. <laughs> so if there is a deal to be made this offseason, you would like to think that, the Knicks should be investigating that. 
and not just standing pat and thinking, well, we got to, to if, if a couple more, we'll have a full year of, 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 of heart and we'll have a full year, you know, everybody will be a year older and the young players will be another year developed. They, they should be looking to make improvements where they can. Steve is in New Jersey. Steve, next up on uh, ESPN New York tonight. Hey, how you doing? Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I mean, listen, I understand Julius, you know, didn't perform in the playoffs. I get it. Um, but I'm not trading Julius Randle just to trade Julius Randle. Um, we've we've got to be, you know, grateful for what this guy has done for us for the past three years. Uh, he helped us get, get back to prominence. So I'm not getting rid of him just to make a trade. You, you trade a guy like that for someone that's going to vastly improve your team. And that guy will be Damian Lillard if he comes out and says he wants out of Portland, and especially if he comes out and says he wants to play for the Knicks. And obviously, Randall has to go. Um, I know. My, my question would be, with the firing of all these coaches of the year, Nurse in Toronto, Budenholzen in Milwaukee, uh, and now Monty Williams um, in uh, Phoenix, and I think Doc Rivers might be the next one, even though I don't want Doc. I don't. I think he's oh my God. Uh, overrated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say that. Seriously, I think he's yeah, no, I, I completely think, agree I with you. Yeah, he's done nothing since since uh, the Clippers. He's done nothing. With all the talent that coach has had, he should at least have one more chip. Anyway, do you think those other three coaches, Nurse, Woodenhosen, Monty Williams, would they be an upgrade over Tom Thibodeau, especially offensively? If, if we keep the team that we have with a different coach, do you think the Knicks would go further? Thank you for taking my call. All right, Steve. Yeah, I mean, look, I think Nick Nurse is a good head coach. I think all those guys are good head coaches to a certain degree, uh, but I, I can't even allow myself to go down that road. Now, do I think that they would be better coaches offensively? Yeah, uh, and I don't think that Tibbs is ever going to be a great coach because a great coach is able to take the talent that he has and mold his system to the talent that he has, and I don't think that Tibbs really does that. He takes – the talent he has and, and molds it to his system. Uh, so I don't think you can ever be a great coach if you're not adaptable. And I don't think the Tibbs is adaptable, but I can't really allow myself to go down the road of, Oh, if we swap out Tibbs with this guy and swap out Tibbs with that guy, Tibbs is not going anywhere. Tibbs is not going anywhere. And I don't know that any of those, I, I mean, again, the Nick talent is not talent that you would that screams eastern conference finals i think that tibbs whatever your expectation for the knicks are they're kind of scraping up the against the ceiling of what those ex, realistic expectations should be so uh, i don't think tibbs is going absolutely anywhere i felt like that during the game and and i get it for nick fans is a lot of them the first the first point of blame is either randall or the coach and I think that it's very uh, unlikely that either of them are going anywhere this offseason. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. More of your Nick calls next on ESPN New York tonight. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. The Trust the Process it's amazing. It seems so simple, right? Just simply lose, give away year after year, get high picks, trade assets, and, and compile assets. What could possibly go wrong? 
and it has been a series of missteps. The process was actually a well-designed thing, right? If you can get number one pick after number one, eventually you're going to... The problem is, is that they never were able to get the right guy in the draft, and they just... It was one mess after another. Like, Embiid is the one guy that's left. I think the first year they took... Was it Michael Carter over Giannis? They took they missed on, on Booker one year. The year with Ben Simmons, they could have had about five guys that would have... Well, Obviously, with the way Simmons has gone, they could have got a lot more than five guys, but certainly five guys that you, you would immediately think, oh, they could have had, I think Brendan Ingram was two that year. Uh, I think Jalen Brown was three, but there were other guys in that draft. They passed up Tatum. Oh, my gosh. What a disaster. And at this point, after the uh, – that, that was like the easiest bet yesterday. The Celtics and the Sixers, a game seven. Doc Rivers, the coach. The Sixers with all the problems, James Harden and everything else. And it was not close. What a shock. What a shock. Uh, All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. So, yeah, the point there is as much as there are some Nick fans that uh, hate uh, Tibbs and want him out, nobody, not one single person uh, wants him to be replaced with Doc Rivers. That much is is clear. All right, let's go back to the phones. Uh, I've got to uh, Subi is in Midtown. Subi, what's going on, pal? Hey, Gordon, you mentioned the Knicks. Uh, they bought themselves a season with this recent good play this year. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean they bought themselves to the All-Star break next year? Because this this year was the same type of thing. It was like a wait-and-see approach. Now, I think with the Knicks, you can make the case that they can go after a veteran like Harrison Barnes instead of, you know, in a, in a sort of Obi-Toppin role, and he would do wonders for Julius Randle. I think they were talking about that last year. And then all they have to do is clear up the cap space. So, you know, you get rid of Fournier's contract and you try to maybe move. I I would try to move Mitchell Robinson. I know he's a good player, but they need some more athletic play, someone who can drop 20 points consistently. And I think someone like Harrison Barnes or someone from Chicago would be better. Maybe an ideal case, DeMar DeRozan. That's all I got to say. All right, Subi. Look, I think the Knicks, um, it's kind of hard to identify names. I think you got to have to wait to see how things pan out. It's clear the Knicks have to kind of surround uh, themselves with more shooters. They didn't have any shooters uh, during this playoff run. It would, I think it's a, it's a safe bet that Evan Fournier will not, will not be back. That much is clear. Mitchell Robinson, I could see them maybe making a move there. See, that's the thing with the Knicks, and I know they brought this up on the K-Show. I think Michael was the one that hit on it. The Knicks, outside of Brunson, don't have any guys that you're like, oh, no, hands off. There's no untouchable players on the Knicks. Anybody could be had for the right in the right deal at the right price. Uh, so I, I think that Mitchell Robinson, it would not shock me if, uh, if that was the way they went because he, he is kind of one-dimensional, and you're playing kind of four-on-five offensively with him even when he is good, and there are times where he is an elite rim protector and shot blocker, and he can give you a little bit here and a little bit there, but he's pretty much a one-way player. So that would not surprise me there. It would not surprise me if maybe they they look to uh, to, to move some other pieces there. Obi Toppin would not shock me. There's not really any pieces outside of Brunson that you would say there's no chance that, that guy's going to get traded. So that that's a good thing. But it, it makes it kind of hard to read. It'll be interesting to see just what direction they go and just how much they press on making improvements this offseason. Uh, let's go to Ryan on Long Island. Ryan, next up on uh, ESPN New York tonight. 
Hey, Gordon. Hope you're doing well, man. Hey, Ryan. What's going on? Uh, so I'm a I'm a football guy through and through. So you'll have to forgive me for reaching for the Knicks here. But at the beginning of the season, not even knowing if Jalen Brunson was worth his money to where we are now, I, I, I don't even understand how Knicks fans can have any sort of a negative outlook on the season. I mean, a lot went wrong, yes, but now you have the answers to almost every single question you started the season with. How so? What do you mean in terms of what questions? About Brunson? I, obviously, of, Brunson answered positively. I think the Randall question has been answered as well. I don't know if you got answers right. to every question, though. But those are the questions you're talking about. Sure. You know, I should not I should backtrack from every question and say the ones you the ones you needed to almost ensure that you can take this team in the right direction moving forward. Like you said, Randall's not the answer. Brunson is now. We know we can build with him. Um, you know, Tibbs, while he's maybe not going to take us all the way, has enough in the tank to get us going and get us to high places. Um, and, and like you're saying, we know we need to look for shooters and specifically move pieces. You know, if, if, if Mitchell Ramos is not going to be here long term, you have that answered. I mean, the outlook is 10 times better than it was last year. Well, here's the thing, and Ryan, thanks for the phone call. I think the season, I think Nick fans are happy with the season. They're disappointed with the, the series against the Heat. I, I don't see how anybody could take that series against the Heat and think it, it washes away what they did during the season. The season was an un, I mean, it's clear that that was successful by any uh, metric. You know, coming into the year, you, you, if I would have told you you're going to be the five seed, you're going to make the playoffs, you're going to win a playoff series for the first time in a decade, Nick fans would have been fighting over themselves to grab the pen to sign for that deal. But whenever the series, whenever your season ends, and whenever you your series ends and you feel like it could have gone further, which I think Nick fans feel that way based on game six and the way it went down, there's always going to be a little bit of, um, of, you know, what could have been, what should have been. And, and they're going to get hung up on that for a little while because it's painful. And, and they finally got a taste of playoff success for the first time in forever. And you're having fun and you don't want the, you don't want the amusement park to close. And unfortunately with game six, the amusement park closed for the Knicks. Uh, 1-800-919-ESPN is the uh, telephone number. Carlos is in the car. Carlos next up on ESPN New York tonight. Uh, Gordon, thanks for taking the call. Uh, I, I I look at it from a from a glass half full with the Knicks. Uh, you know how they lost in the first round against the Hawks a couple of years back, mm-hmm. and they made some improvements, and now they they get to the to the second round and losing a game six. That's an improvement. So you you see the progression, the positive progression of the team. So I would just back off on the whole fire tips and. And Randall, get him out of here. Just, you know, make some changes. The one positive that I see is that R.J. Barrett, he played really well in this playoffs, quote-unquote. I mean, the points were there. That He had great games in this, in this second-round series. Now he can be packaged away now for less stuff than you would have given, uh, say, even the year before. Because, you know, this is a, a 22-year-old who is now is proven that he has – that he can play well in the playoffs. You can get that superstar that we need for less, less package than what you would have had a couple of years ago. And, Gordon, I have uh, uh, another point, if you let me. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, totally, non- totally non-related. On Saturday, you had the algorithm with the football. Yes. I'm a Bills fan, man. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it back to that to the first game, that Monday Night Football game yes. coming up. Yes. You said that, that's a win for the Jets. I just yeah, that's a win it, for man. the Jets. You barely 
Yeah, you yeah Jets are going to go out and win those. that game. I'm sorry, Carlos. No, they won't. Yeah, I'm uh-huh. sorry. I'm sorry. Look, it. it's not me saying it. Um, uh, it's the it's algorithm. algorithm. <laughs> I, I put I put all the right, information. Right. I went on the chat GPT. I came up with my own program. And, and look, uh, again, and thanks for the phone call, Carlos. This is not somebody who's just firing off these crazy hot takes. In terms of NFL picks last year, there was no host on this station that did better. Not a single one. The cover five host champion from 2022. So take that with however you want to take it. But we came up with a, and by we, I mean I, came up with an algorithm at first last week. I think Harvey was here for the, when I, I announced that the Jets would go 16-1. and one. People were outraged. People were, were, were grabbing the torches and uh, the pitchforks. So I went back. I said, look, the, the outrage is so strong, much like Michael Scott, I had to crunch the numbers again. So I went back before the Saturday show. I crunched the numbers again, and it did, it did reveal a change. Now, my initial prediction was 16-1, and one, which people thought was out, outrageous and ridiculous and insane and all these things. So we ran the numbers again, and uh, it came up 15-2. and two. So the Jets are going to go 15-2 and two this year, and that includes a win week one against the Buffalo Bills. That's, and really, that is, that is like you talk about sliding doors and the possibilities. That's almost, if, if the Jets are going to get to the levels that they want, which is division title, competing for a bye in the first round of the playoffs, the top overall seed in the AFC. That's a critical game right off the bat. Division game against the team that most people, not I, but most people think is going to win the AFC East and is going to be doing all those things, competing for the top overall seed in the division title. So that's where it starts for the Jets. But yes, that first game, that's a Jets win. On their road to 15-2 and two, and the number one seed in the AFC. You heard it here first. Trust me, if I'm wrong, I'm sure I'll hear about it. So I'm going to, until I am wrong, I will remind you. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, more of your phone calls as we take you up until midnight on ESPN New York tonight. 